0: Hi, this is Nico Rosberg, and you're listening to the 233rd edition of Gareth Jones on Speed. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm the Gareth Jones one, he's the Richard one. Hello. And he's the Zog one. Hello. Guys, I know it's ages since the last Formula E race, but we haven't mentioned it in the last couple of shows. And to be fair, it's still going to be another 12 years before the next race? Yes, Yes. it's it's ages since
1: and ages until.
0: So we can still talk about Formula E. I know we all watched that first race in... Beijing. I have to say, I was slightly nervous because the last time a new race series if I recall, went to Beijing, it was the second year of A1GP With the cars all turned up for this circuit and literally couldn't get round the first corner. They'd drawn a corner so tight. (laughs) It was an utter disaster. It was awful. And I was worried that Formula E was going to have those sort of teething troubles, but it didn't, actually. It went off all right.
2: Did you watch it, It Zog? Yeah, frankly, I I was underwhelmed. It was not the most thrilling event. Having been quite worked up about the series, I was really looking forward to seeing a new series and Mm. seeing a series that is trying to do something with electric powertrains. As a viewer, there was just no sense of drama. I felt terribly uninvolved. It looked all terribly pokey and tiny, and it was tremendously uneventful, up until the point where it got to be massively eventful and exciting <laughs> for all the wrong reasons, when yeah. it I quite felt. What do you mean by pokey and tiny? I thought the track actually looked small, and it looked like there wasn't anybody there. It looked mm. narrow. And you didn't get much of a sense of... Speed and drama out of them. And obviously, it's always different being trackside in an event and actually seeing the physicality of something whizzing by. It's very different seeing that on. Camera, and I know that the cars are not as quick as top formula cars, they're not super quick, and so well, they're not they're going to look not. as dramatic it's as 100
0: mile per hour really is about as quick yeah. as they go on that circuit. Oh, uh, is
1: it on that circuit? Because I was told that the cars overall are limited to 150, I think.
0: In quality, they can get up to that, yeah. But one of the reasons yeah. they're
1: limited to 150 is because the FIA said if they were, then supposedly they'll permit the crowd to be closer to the track. Mm, okay. Now, yeah. I'm not sure I entirely buy that. What's the difference? A 150-mile-an-hour accident is still going to be quite spectacular and take someone's eye out. Okay, but... Um, to the well, fence can scene. I suggest... Yeah?
2: Because kinetic energy increases with the square of your speed, mm. a small increase in speed gives you a much greater increase in kinetic energy than a similarly small increase in weight. Therefore, a slight knocking off a bit of top speed takes a lot more energy out of the accident and therefore it's safer to be closer to that accident, so... And they are yeah, running like
0: that. on temporary circuits, mm, yeah. where they have to erect fencing and take it down, right, and, and, yeah, and, and very that limits point. the infrastructure they can put in. A couple of problems I have with the first Formula E thing. The first one I didn't have a problem with, but my oldest son and Violet both struggled with. They walked in the room when it was on, and the first thing they said was, Ah, oh, what's that noise? And they found the sound of the Formula E cars. <whistles> really bugged them No, it didn't bug me because mm-hmm. i'm 53 and i'm mostly deaf but Sorry? i think y- he <laughs> but i think young people who still have the full range of frequencies available are hearing that and it's really hurting them
1: that's wigs my wife said the same thing yeah really she went oh what's that noise mm. i think women can well, hear a slightly mm-hmm. higher frequency than men can't they
2: i think that's true Dude. but one of the objectives i believe of formulary was to draw new fans into motorsport not just to address the existing audience Mm. of motorsport now what you were saying about what people close to you have said about it who are the kinds of people who they might well be trying to draw in Mm. suggests that actually there might be some fundamental (laughs) problems with the format of the thing
1: Mm. i don't buy this attracting new people into motorsport because if you're not into motorsport you're not going to Start with Formula watch, E just and track. not watch Formula 1. Yeah, because what might draw someone who's not into motorsport into watching it is something fresh and new and really exciting. And unfortunately, Formula E looked like, to the non-motorsport fan, I suspect, any other motorsport except yes. less interesting yes. because the speeds were lower and palpably lower. And I know what you mean about the track being pokey, but actually one of the problems for me was that the straights looked very wide and rather empty, and it just seemed to accentuate how slow the cars
0: were in a straight line they look good when you took the onboard camera the point of view yeah. and the rear facing that looked exciting because mm. you're low and down with it you get the parallax view of the closer walls giving you that sense of speed but you're absolutely right a foreshortened long shot mm. from the train at the end of the longest straight and it's like well the cars will be here any minute now it looked really look like to me it looked
1: like the shots you see of f1 cars going down the pit lane on their limited yeah 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 that sort of Aching, yeah. kind of, yeah. Come on, come on, let come go, on, come on. Within a Formula One car, yeah. they crossed the line and they're <laughs> <laughs> off. With this, it was just like, oh god, now they've got a break for a chicane or something. It was the camera angles were unfortunate, the scale of the track on some of those straights was unfortunate compared to the corners, which did seem a little bit pokey and a bit sort of narrow and constrained. It just felt like it had teething problems that needed ironing out. And I don't want to write it off because it's, no, sort of, it, it's, it's, I'm it's something I'm not writing different it off. And, no, oh, and I'm, another I'm thing that I was, you know, was, was, I was weird was the. the, the, um, the um, basically, excited
2: I am by the whole idea. The car switchover well. thing. Yeah.
1: They have this sort of time limit. You, so you have to be there yeah, yeah, for minimum time. Yeah. yeah. And so I can't remember who it was. One of the drivers sort of got out of his one car into the other one like a scolded cat. Yeah. And then, and then, and then have to there. sit there, and, <laughs> and it's sorry. like, well, I, he should be rewarded for his athleticism and his ability
0: to get out of one car into another one, which is no yeah. mean feat. Also, it lost a couple of things. Because it's a temporary race series, if you like, that you set up a temporary circuit in towns, the garages that they use, aren't garages at all, they're they gazebos, they're marquees, they've been to the wedding fair and bought a job lot of 50 of these things. And it looks a bit down market yes. compared to the high-tech, beautifully branded interiors with vinyl floors that you get in Formula One now. And so it looked less than pinnacle as a result of that. Also, because the driver... Hang on, not driver change, the car change thing. Well, the driver has to change cars because his batteries don't have cell race.
2: Because Although, if the driver changes cars, surely the car also changes drivers. Correct. yeah, so <laughs> exactly. no, no, yeah I like it. There's like some it. kind of yeah, uh, I'm reasonable reasonable symmetry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you call that? Uh, universal uh,
1: balance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Motorsport <laughs> philosophy, <laughs> yeah. I think. Mean. Yeah.
2: It happens
0: in this tent-slash-garage-slash-gazebo-slash-wedding marquee. Now, in Formula One, when you have pit stops, you get all the cars lined up in a row, and you're able to make a direct comparison. Oh, they've got the wheels off here, oh, he stopped, he's going to... And it adds Mm -hmm. to the excitement. Doing it in isolation, you would need to have to see three or four garages in the same frame to get that sense of who's winning, who's mm. not. It actually took the energy away yeah. from the
2: from the whole event. Although, as Richard said, that with those changes, they've got a minimum time, so mm. you wouldn't be racing on it anyway, but yeah, I, mm. I take the point. Mm. Mm. My mate
0: Tim, who you both met, who is a great programme maker, always said to me, if a new television series comes on, don't judge it until you've seen six episodes six weeks in or six episodes in they should have got it right by then now in the case of Formula E I think that means the season's going to be over <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was six races in
2: although the analogy you've kind of got to have almost sort of six racing seasons because yeah, you've got yeah, to have yeah, time yeah. to you know, well, you know each time around you okay. Well, uh, we'll took change Formula... these rules tweak yeah. that took Formula
0: 1 what 15 years to really bed in and then you know another 10 years to become the money spinner that it was and occasionally is now. how long is it going to take Formula E also they're saying that It's a one-make formula this year. Next year, off you go, develop your cars. I can tell you now that's not going to happen. Next year... They'll have a slight upgrade to the cars, but everyone will run the same cars. They can't afford to throw them away. Mm. These are not teams with enough money to can go off and design and develop a frontier technology car in year two. It's going to be pretty much like this for a few years, and that's okay, but they've got to get further away from motorsport. You're absolutely right. The driver change thing is going to be replaced by a driver going into not a bloody tent but something that looks like a multi-story electronic car park from a video game where some robots run in and whip the engine Yeah Fight him the, yeah, um. fighting, so, Yes yeah, The driver Score. has to fight actual robots That would do it While the batteries is being yeah. It needs to get closer to video I'd games and further away from conventional yeah. motorsport, uh, and then it will succeed Yeah, I don't know yet. I
2: mean I think what I want to see is better funded teams developing a greater variety of cars and there being more freedom for them to do what they want design wise yeah. and yes. for the whole thing basically to be a higher energy quicker event but i guess it has to grow into that it can't be that from the off
1: yes and also hovering and lasers
2: correct <sighs> at least driven by sharks with freaking lasers on the head on
0: That's the moon then you've got a motorsport series that isn't motorsport <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the final race of the 2076 Formula E season, taking place in the poorly named Sea of Tranquility. As they line up here on the electrical grid, the top three positions look like this. In third place, Sebastian Vettel Junior Junior, in the Ferrari Tesla, entirely engineered by the brilliant algorithm known as Newebot. In second place, Nico Rosborg, 2.11, half man, half apple tablet, he truly is an example of the future of humankind, and I, myself, bow to our new masters. But, on pole, as usual, the entity known simply as Energon. A non-corporal living Higgs-field intelligence, piloting the G-Wiz 3000. The cars, hovering in the one-sixth Earth gravity found here on the moon. The starter tinator waves the digital flag.
2: Sun. R. One. E. And they're off!
0: Immediately, Rosbunk is assimilating the metal clown. And incorporating his technology into his own, presumably to achieve some form of technological perfection.
3: What's happening now? Energon is using some sort of
0: capture beam to turn the matter of the other two cars into pure energy. And I mean pure energy, not the sort that you get from drinking
3: two cans of Iron in quick succession. And that's it!
0: It's over! The leading Formula E car speeds off into the distance, and thank heavens we can't hear it because in space, mercifully, no one can hear that horrible screaming whine. In all honesty, Gareth Jones on Speed, when we're at our best, it really is no more than just a pub discussion. You sit round the table, three of you with your pints, and someone says, no, no, I had a Nissan Cherry in the 1980s, best car in the world. Someone says that, and then other an people around the table used. argue, yeah, an argument. So, given the premise... What is the best car in the world?
2: How would you answer that question, Zog? This is not an easy question. It's an impossible question to come up with a definitive answer. Correct. All you can do is you know, give your personal preference. And some mm. yeah. Now, one thing I think here is that if you say, what is the greatest car in the world? We are in a transitional period in car design. I think quite a fundamental one because we are transitioning from fossil fuels to a future which, you know, and I'm talking about, you know, let's say, 100, 150 years in the future. Yeah. I think it's reasonable to talk about that given that the history of automobiles is now more mm. than 100 years. So, On what kind of time scale we're not going to have the kind of numbers of cars driven by fossil fuel that we have now. Electric powertrains one way or another are going to be where your original source of fuel is for that. Solar power, whether some form of nuclear or whatever it is, I don't know. I'm open-minded on that, but the wheels are going to be driven by electric motors one way or another. We are in an odd transitional period. That's kind of a rambly way of saying that anything that is wonderful right now He's going to look um, odder you know, do, we further or do we want it is the cat you trying think. to join in isn't it? <laughs> Finn, Finn what are you... has got something to say on the future cast
0: Finn are you coming in the room he's just going to share us at the landing
2: so I'm going to be slightly awkward. I'm going to give you more than one answer here because I think looking back, I would choose, I think, from the history of automobiles, I think I would want to have either probably a Bugatti Type 35. I or, knew you were going to say yeah, that. Yeah, I, I I'm sorry to be so predictable. That's fine. But so beautiful, extraordinary racing history, plus you could drive them on the road. It's not quite as practical as a modern vehicle, but I don't care. I'm having it. If not that, Mercedes 450 SEL 6.9. <laughs> but seriously... The greatest car in the world right now, how about a Murray T27? I know you can't actually buy one. I know they're not actually in production, so maybe that's technically not an acceptable answer. But I'm going to maybe offer that up as being the greatest car in the world right now, even yeah. though I'd rather have a Porsche 918 Spider, yeah. and you can actually buy that, unlike the Murray T27. But it's a really radical design, not just in terms of the vehicle itself, but in terms of its manufacturing process. I think it's a massively significant vehicle. I don't entirely love its looks, but I love the boldness of it. Do you like the new Yamaha
0: version of it better or less than the original Gordon Murray design 27? Yamaha of engineer, it's more than a concept, isn't it? This is yeah, a it's, it's on its way. of the it's car. Happening. It's a bit more conventional. Do you like that better than you say not mad on the looks of the Murray uh, the Murray <laughs>
2: Yeah, slightly. It's difficult to make something in that format look as something that's basically lower and longer and you've got more room to do stuff with swoopy bits and lines and so on, rather than being so constrained by the space you have to fit it in and the things that you have to either put in it or on it. So even the greatest car in the world is Isn't perfect. not as good enough for you. Well, I say, you know, we're in a, 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 a transitional <laughs> phase, you know, and I'm being a bit bloody minded because having picked the Murray T27, I would rather be driving around in a 918 Spyder, yeah. but I'm still tempted to say that the T27 is a greater car. Wow. Well,
1: yeah. Uh, well, no. Well, yes. What's the criteria? Well, it's a chest of drawers. Yeah. You're screwed in either of them. Well, you might get it poking out of the Porsche's roof if you put it <laughs> on.
2: T- t- you know what I'm going to do? If I'm going to move a chest of drawers, I'm going to tie it to the back of the 918 on quite a long rope. Just go as fast as I can. I don't care what happens with the chest of drawers.
1: In the first corner, it would swing spectacularly and, and clobber into a phone box. T- like, t- I'd like t- to see that. So I sincerely <laughs> wish <laughs> we with we this all up? of my heart that one day I have you to move a chest manage to get a 918. that 918 spider just so we <laughs> can see chest of your elaborate... Chest of drawers <laughs> chicanery going on. Okay, well,
2: <laughs> well, 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 I bet you a fiver that if I do ever get the hands on 918, I will figure out a way to move a chest of drawers with it if I have to. Richard. Can I guess what I think you could say as the best
0: car in the world? It was built in the West Midlands in no, about no, 1981. No, no, no. no, no.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a daft question, really, because I don't. I, I think it's so broad. I yeah. drove what I could be considered the best car in the world last week. I drove the Ferrari Speciale, and in mm. terms of technical achievement and what it can do, it can do way more than I can do. I think you have mm. to be a racing driver to get close to the limits of that car I mean yes I'm sure you could lose control spectacularly (laughs) in it no matter what your driving ability but my god the car will do everything it can to stop that I realised the first time I drove it that the previous occupants of the car had put you know Ferraris have that uh, Manettino dial on the wheel which you can change the settings of the car had put it to the everything off setting and on a slightly damp in places Scottish mountain road I would have gone for a slightly more cowardly setting for my first (laughs) time in the car, particularly, and probably my every time in the car. But I didn't spot this because... I was too busy playing with some of the other displays and things like that, and it's telling you your tyres are warm and all this sort of slightly gimmicky stuff. But it's a mark of how good the car is and how good the chassis is and how much grip there is that I could feel it starting to move around a little bit when you were really on it, but I just thought, well, that's actually how advanced the traction control is, that it's allowing the car a little bit of slip before it steps in. It turns out, actually, it was probably just more good luck Mm. that I didn't (laughs) die horribly but it's actually a mark hey, of how got, talented the car it is it's such a
0: great car making yeah. sure you didn't kill yourself and it's yeah. got
1: this sort of give in the chassis and by which I mean that the suspension soaks up imperfections and ripples and ruts and dips and all sorts of different road surfaces at significant speeds and g-forces and it always feels like it's got an answer for whatever the road is throwing at it mm. and that sort of started to sound like some kind of awful helmsman journalist it is just an incredible machine an incredible technical achievement and the power and the resultant speed and the grip. And the way that it's also managed to involve you in the experience... You could say Cause it's the best Because you've driven cars. McLarens, haven't you? you yeah, yeah, I drove a McLaren 650S on the same road and on the same day. And it just doesn't do that. It doesn't, no. Okay. I had a bigger problem with mm. the McLaren 650S. I just mm. couldn't fit properly in it. It had the no. normal seats. I drove the 12C, which had the sport bucket seats, sort of one-piece thing. But on the normal seats, I just can't get comfy. Wow. Really? either my legs are squashed up, and when the seat's are far enough back for my legs to be the right sort of angle, the backrest is like a church pew. It's and awful.
2: A, I mean, you know, we have to say, we're looking at a full-size-scale model of Richard Porter here. Yeah. So tall, not a freakishly sized in, no you? I'm 6 Ge- foot 3 so Ge- I mean, sort of, you know, I'm
1: not like freakishly no, yeah, yeah. tall I'm just sort of reasonably tall but yeah. you know no. come on there are other people of that height and well, more and they should be thinking of this and they clearly can fit people in if you put the sports seats in but
0: I'm surprised because when I met Ron Dennis the thing that astonished me about him was he was a much taller man than yeah. I ever imagined yeah, yeah. he's got really long legs quite a short body but quite long legs and he was quite a tall guy I always thought of him as a little fella he's not yeah, no he's and, quite tall knowing how involved he is in the car you'd expect him to be able to get in one of his cars and know every nuance of it mm. so that's your vote you call it no it's not no it's no not. no 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 no, 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 so no. When you, you ca- misunderstand me hang, hang on though you called it the Ferrari Speciale
1: Speciale yes it's the 458 yeah. but sort of amped up they've actually stopped making the 458 coupe Hmm. because they're now just devoting production to this Speciale until the new 458 comes along I think Hmm. next year anyway this is by the by you could call the Speciale the best car in the world because on so many levels it's actually beyond almost anything I've driven it really is an incredible tour de force of uh, it an does. achievement so many of but is it the best car, car in the world so I don't know either. I mean it's very expensive it's very very hardcore it's very uncompromising and if I would just want to go down to my local supermarket and buy things I wouldn't take a speciality it would be a waste of the car mm. and of precious resources perhaps mm. as well you could argue it's guzzling a lot of fuel just making noise mm. so I don't know well, i might you want to drive across a field I mean the Range Rover Sport pains mm-hmm. me to say it the latest generation one is an absolutely fantastic mm. car and actually would make not a bad job of driving around a Scottish mountain road either because it it's a vehicle of your, I know you hate them, but the Porsche KN. What it can do in the face of the laws of physics is incredible. And you can say, sure, well, yeah, you know, as a piece yeah. of engineering, that's remarkable. That could be a candidate for the best car no, in the world. And you yeah, could get a no, 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 chest no. of drawers in it. No need for you to... <laughs> scythe it, old lady's legs from on. under them <laughs> as it's towed on a rope but do you know what truth be told what do most people want from a car they want something reliable and affordable and it doesn't use much fuel and that gets them where they need to go in safety and warmth and comfort and it's why be and a, and has it that has your style yes it, exactly that. but actually some people they just want functional things oh you'd say a second-hand Toyota Corolla is the best car in the world because uh-huh. it does more things for more people around the world than almost anything else yeah, but I equally think, as yeah, car enthusiasts yeah. we have almost no interest in it whatsoever you can admire it as a piece of engineering and perhaps we don't admire it enough for the fact that it gives people. It's like a it's
0: digital good, Casio everyday watch engineering. for seven quid. Be- okay, you're, you're yeah. right.
2: And someone at the back of the class has had their hand up for a couple of minutes. Go
0: on. Then. Then? Then, my nomination for the best car in the world, and I don't know how much time I've got for this now, meets all the criteria that you have I haven't finished yet. I haven't oh, finished. Oh! So I, I finished, finish because... Because the thing is, Right, now, really, really quickly, really
1: quickly, the thing is, you said that Bugatti, and you are talking about older cars, but the thing is, actually, an older car is not the best car in the world anymore, because it's old, because it has compromises, because, because it's reliability, it's, yep. it's efficiency, all these things will be found wanting Absolutely. now. So, really, the best car in the world is the car that's just about to be made. Which we haven't got there yet. Yeah, we're well, always evolving, is, yeah. Whatever it is, next year, ten years time, that'll be better than what we've got now. The next car in the world doesn't yeah. exist yet. Yeah. Sorry, the best car in the world doesn't exist yet.
2: Yeah. Okay. The next car doesn't exist either. <laughs> Pastor
0: Maldonado, in your view, what's the best car in the world? Koi? No. Car, Pastor. Car. Crow? No, the best car in the world. Carp? Never mind. I'm so satisfied listening to you two talking about your nomination for the best car in the world. I'm particularly satisfied because of what Richard said, because I think the car I would nominate for the best car in the world actually meets many of your criteria, Richard.
2: I'm just going to quickly interject. It's not a Gilman Invader, is it? It's not a Gilman okay. Invader, no, okay. no, no, okay. no. That right. would have been
0: a great choice. Yeah. I can. Okay, I'm at <laughs> peace now. That's the best Welsh car in the world. <laughs> Continue. <Yeah. laughs> now, this car is involving to drive. It offers levels of comfort which previously were unavailable and it could carry a chest of drawers across a field. The Ford Model T. Best car in the world for the single reason that Henry Ford applying his production techniques, what he'd learned about how he could make things in this modern age to the motor car, brought the price down and made it available not just to a nation but to the whole world and also in doing so opened up the whole world of cars to the rest of us. America was built on the railways, it was built on the wagon trains before that, but when the roads came, and it was the Ford Model T that forced them to be built, all those highways and interstates were built because of the availability of a cheap car for everyone. Levels of comfort that car, you didn't get from a horse and
2: cart. Well, okay, significant car, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Best... I don't know. I it's don't, I to, I'm, not, I'm not persuaded.
0: Yeah, the ultimate not people's car. That's a political statement. but I make a political choice. It was the was best car in it the, the
1: world. the cheapest car you could buy when it came out? I think it probably was. Or was it just it? the most profitable car you could buy for the people who made it? Because, I mean, that it was what drove the. Enabling uh, to build more, system, yeah. wasn't it? He cribbed that off um, uh, the uh, Chicago uh, Meat industry, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the yeah, production line lines of... that
2: took whole cows in one end and turned out. Steaks and other meat products from the other end. And, yeah.
1: <laughs> from steak town to dog food.
0: 15 million people can't be wrong. I don't know how many of those were repeat purchases. Nine. So should we say 9 million? 15 million
2: full Model T's between 1908 and something of like nineteen twenty six. Well, actually, massively significant, but when you don't have much choice, and it's Model T's that are mm. pouring off the production lines, not anything else that's what you're going to buy.
1: In fairness, contemporary footage leads me to believe that the Model T was capable of cornering speeds higher even than, for example ferrari speciali
2: <laughs> were there any uh, keystone cops in the there were some cops yes <laughs> that's, there were yeah. yes
1: and one of them fell off the running boards and then leapt up again and shook his fist in the air at the car as it departed at what seemed to be a thousand miles an hour
0: and tremendous maintenance ability you know levels of technology you could just fix it yourself by hitting it or strapping a belt around something you know That's beautiful, isn't it? That's got to be the best car, something that changes the world.
2: One of the things that I like about the Model T is the fact that it was designed, I believe, essentially to run on fuel that you would grow yourself. Mm. It was designed to run on what you would now call bioethanol. Mm-hmm. A sort of incredibly low compression engines.
1: <laughs> so, it was also, what was the capacity of a Model T engine? It was like- F-
0: 1500 or something like that. Um, I thought
1: they were quite big. I thought in the olden days, all those four cylinder engines, but they were like a four litre or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you want to <laughs> so get hear each bang. Yeah, so let me system. find out. I want to find
2: out. I don't know. I'm going to look into that. I've so, been four-cylinder uh, back then. But- uh,
0: Talk amongst yourselves about the four Model T. There's a lot of four Model Ts in
2: Boardwalk Empire at the moment. I yes. Know. Was it really as big no, as 1,500 cc? Was it really that big? I don't maybe? know. Well, Gareth's uh, going to find, out, find but
1: out. I don't know. It might not have been. I think a lot of engines back then, though, were sort of very large capacity, but relative to the cylinders, oh, you know. But they weren't very efficient. Yeah. The your yeah,
0: conversion? 177
2: cubic inch, of course. Okay, 177 cubic inches? Yes. Yeah. What's that? Well, uh, okay, 2.54 centimetres to the inch. 2.5 cubed is 5.25 times 2.5, which is about... Ten point something, so ten seventeen hundred point two five cubic. No, 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 no. no right. You've gone the from wrong liters. way round. Yeah. yeah. Ah, 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 so, ah, so you're saying how many cubic inches? inches One hundred seventy-seven cubic inches. Oh, well, so, so it's gearing on for a two-liter engine by it's my 2.9. maths. Really? No. I mean, 2, two point nine. Really? Two point nine liters. Well, okay. I'm going to say I'm right because I'm only at my fifty okay. percent. Well, I'm, I'm, right I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm bang on as far. So, but the yeah. model C, so, so was it? It was a four-cylinder. Yeah. So, those a big old.
1: That's yeah, a, yeah. I mean, they're they're only, a, big, like, yeah. only Porsche sort of started yeah. to yeah. tickle those <laughs> kind of. Well, and also Toyota pickup trucks. This is a Hilux, has, I think, like a. 2.9 is
2: almost exactly the capacity of the four cylinder that was in the 968. That was the biggest production four cylinder in Yeah. And I think for quite a while before that. So I, I think,
1: think subs- there was a nice Suzu Trooper. You could have a 3.1 litre diesel that was a four cylinder. It's nice. just <laughs> plant pots for cylinder liners.
2: <laughs> Actually, if you want to see big cylinders, it's a slight diversion, but look for information about the really, really enormous diesel engines that they put in big cargo ships and there are these massive massive engines that have a cylinder block the size of a block of flats <laughs> and these incredibly slow moving enormous cylinders like, um, yeah. like
1: every yeah. every yeah. explosion within a cylinder must be like this apocalyptic
2: kaboom, kaboom. Like, and then the cylinder goes down and down, and down <laughs> to the bottom it's and it goes back up again but then moving that slowly you think a little friction there is compared to something that's whacking up and yeah. down yeah. and I guess that's one of the reasons why they're so to so,
1: they have like a sort of so- Honda VTEC system, but it's actually operated by a man who walks around <laughs> and adjusts the cam load Please. by hand Please. Please. with a Please. wrench. I'm
0: not doing this to generate envy, but I know Zog in particular, you'll get this. I remember crawling around the inside of the crawler that they used to transport the Apollo Saturn V moon rocket uh, and the uh, the shuttle at John F. Kennedy space center going inside it it's like going into a factory and in that factory are a row I think there were were there four or were there six there were two redundant I think enormous diesel electric generators you know it was just beyond a car it was a house and a battleship being a car there you go there's a contender for the best car in the world the crawler I should have
2: said that really, if it's got multiple tracks rather than four wheels yeah it's and it's got a rocket on top of it, not a car. I've
1: just remembered what the best car in the world is. What according is to a mate of mine, an old school friend of mine who used to <laughs> mainly just to annoy me, he used to say that the better a car was, the higher its model number. So oh, the yes. McLaren F1 was, was rubbish. Right, okay, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, the, but the Audi well, Five Thousand they sold in America, yeah, that, must that have been was great. very good. Yes, yeah. so that
1: was the thing. You know, the Rover Eight Hundred was quite good, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. the Saab Nine Hundred was better. Was of course, there? and of course, <laughs> the best car in the world, according to him, when he was trying to. It was the Saab 9000 yes!
2: but now so, well, of course the whole infinity range would put them together. <laughs> <down>. oh, <laughs> no, we'll no,
0: leave no. you there I think <laughs> and yet, ironically they're some of the worst cars in the world <laughs> yeah. you've been listening to Richard Porter goodbye to Zog Goodbye. to me Gareth and I'm going to play you out on a tune I've written and recorded in not so much the style of one particular band but certainly a, a genre here's something which is best described as sh- kicking we can say that can't we at the end of the show it. Yeah. the American point of view I just don't get Formula One see ya